You're listening to the Take Him With You podcast with Rick and Amy on the Stitcher Radio Network. This is episode number 198 for November 18th, 2012. The Take Him With You podcast. Stick around. Good stuff is ahead. doing the podcast together number 198 198 so we only have two more podcasts till we get to 200 yeah are we gonna do anything special for our 200th podcast well i don't know Hmm. what do you think what should we do i don't know because well i don't even you know i'm not even well I don't know. You guys decide. You want to do something special on the 200th podcast? We'll be uh, four years, huh? Well, it'll be four years in... February. Well, January, February, yeah. Yeah. Yes, um, four years in February, but the way it works, since we do one podcast a week, it doesn't come out to, you know, like 100 a year. (laughs) It comes out to 52 (coughs) a year. Right. Yeah. So I think we've done. I think we've only missed one week out of all year, all the years that we've been podcasting, hmm. and I think we did that on purpose because we were exhausted and it was during the holidays, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think I think maybe one of like, I was sick or something. I can't yeah, remember what's going on? We don't miss podcasts usually. Not hardly at all. Sometimes people might wish we did because <laughs> sometimes we'll be tired and doing them and we'll be quite goofy. Quite goofy. Quite goofy. You are always talking in accents when you say quite goofy. Do I? No, hmm. but kind of. Oh. Well, anyway, we're going to have a great podcast today. Today we got to uh, talk to our friend Sue again. Yes, and, we did. And this time mm-hmm. it was really fun. We talked a little about uh, about Hurricane Sandy, but we mostly talked about Dragon Con which mm-hmm. is a big convention, uh, fan-run convention in Atlanta. And we got to talk to Sue because she was not only an attendee of Dragon Con this year, but she also was on five panels, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. And she talks about each panel and, and kind of what she uh, was on there for. And then we asked her a few questions about faith and science fiction and how how does her faith work with science fiction and so on. And it really turned out to be, it was a long conversation, but it was fun. I don't think anybody will be bored at all. They'll really enjoy it. Yeah, it was really interesting since we've never gone to a convention before. We sure want to. Well, not I do. Not a sci-fi convention. We've been to sci-fi museums and we've been to Christian conventions. And we went to, <laughs> to the Star Trek experience when it was open in Vegas. Yeah. That and, was awesome. That I would have lived there. I could have just brought yeah. a sleeping bag. Yeah, you, you probably could have. Uh-huh. That was pretty neat. It was the the Star Trek ex- experience while it was still up. It it kind of had the feel of a sci-fi museum. Well, that's because Bes- they had tons of different props. And, Besides yeah. the ride, it was quite an experience. Yeah. Before the experience, just in line because you could you would wander through um, all these displays of really cool uh, memorabilia. Yeah. It's really yeah. cool. And they had a great bar and grill there. Yes. We I, went and had dinner. 
ate in Cork's Grill and had really good Captain Ooh. Janeway Cobb salad. And I, I had the and rings of Betazoid, mm-hmm. which were onion rings. They were good. I had, And I think too. I had teriyaki something. But I can't remember what it was called. It was very yummy. Yeah. We well, I don't know that what, what, place. Yeah. It's sad. It's yeah. not there anymore. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. It just makes me sad. <laughs> I know. But, uh, we, yeah, we, anyway, so it's going to be a great episode today. I think you'll really enjoy it. What we'd like to do for next week, if you guys are all up for it, is uh, it's, I'm going to be uh, speaking tomorrow at the Baptist Church again in Raymond. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing my sermon or my message uh, entitled The Paper Turkey. And I wrote a poem. Mm-hmm. About a uh, cool experience we had when we were young, young family. And next week, if you listen to our podcast, you'll hear it. Yeah. We, yeah. I thought we could do a Thanksgiving weekend podcast mm-hmm. for next week, even though this is the week before Thanksgiving for most people. But uh, we thought it would be fun to, for next weekend. And then we thought it would be really cool if we had a few people um, send us audio comments or call in mm-hmm. and tell us. Why you're thankful. Mm-hmm. And we have a phone number that you can yeah. call and leave a message on. And here it is. It's 206-414-THWY. For That's taking for, with you. Yeah, take him with you. So it's 206-414-8499. That'll also be in our notes. We and also we'll post on that Facebook on Facebook. Yeah. yeah. And what we're looking for is people, tell us what you're thankful for this year. And we would love to hear. And then we'll put that all together along with our, our the little message that I have that I'm sharing tomorrow. And we'll put it all together with the comments that you have about why you're thankful. Play a few songs and enjoy. have a nice Thanksgiving uh, weekend podcast next week for, for uh, podcast number 199. Yeah. What do you think? I think that'd be good. Yeah, and I don't know what we're going to do for 200 yet. I I guess I should have been all prepared and excited and you know, if if I was on the ball, I would I would learn how to do a live one. Mm-hmm. And we could have everybody tune in. If you guys are up for that, we might be able to do it if we did it on a Saturday afternoon. Mm-hmm. If people wanted to um you know, for us it would be Saturday afternoon. I don't know, you guys have to translate where you're at. But it might be fun to do a live uh take him with you and just kind of talk about the podcast and and our friends and have them share kind of what they got have been getting out of it and so on and so forth. It might be fun to do a live episode. What do you think? I think it would be. We'll have to see if we can get some of our um people we've interviewed or or listen to participate. I think, I think that would be really a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And I think we could do it over Skype, which would be a lot of fun. And then maybe even um, from another computer in the house, we could stream it so it would be uh, live on camera, too, so you could watch while we're talking. And Maybe and that will motivate you to get your studio finished, put together. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> it's it's starting to get functional, but it's still a bit messy. A bit messy. Quite a bit messy, actually. <laughs> we'll be right back after this to talk about what's going on in our house. Have you ever experienced uncontrollable bouts of geekdom? If so, the Anomaly podcast may be right for you. In clinical studies, Anomaly's interviews, convention reports, commentary on geek culture, games, sci-fi and fantasy television, literature, and film provided a feeling of fullness while promoting health for optimal geekiness. The Anomaly podcast is not suitable for all people. 
Only geekily active cool chicks with a healthy sense of humor should listen. Geekily active cool guys should listen too. Anomaly has resulted in sudden fits of squee. Broad smiles may appear without warning and could become permanent. The most common side effects of Anomaly are unconsciously joining in the Gamma Quadrant golf clap, out loud, at work, to the amusement of co-workers, and attempting to interject opinions aloud to hosts who can't hear the listener. But in all cases, the benefits outweigh the risks. Ask your anomaly if you're healthy enough for entertainment of this caliber. You don't need a doctor's messy handwriting to obtain a free subscription. Anomaly is available over the counter at Stitcher Radio and in the iTunes, Zune, and Blackberry stores. You can also stream episodes of Anomaly and Anomaly Supplemental at anomalypodcast.com. That's A N O M A L Y podcast.com. Just one one hour episode provides 24 hours of relief and never leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Music by jewelbeat.com. We just got done watching a video that Jen and Angela put together from the convention that they were in in Texas. Mm-hmm, a big slideshow. Yeah, and it was neat, wasn't it? I got to see um, Angela's picture with Patrick Stewart. Oh, my that gosh. That was pretty funny. That was like a geek moment. Yeah. I thought it was hilarious, the grin she had on her face and the grin he had on his face. And then the grin he didn't have on his face when, when her, her husband, husband showed got up. in yeah, the picture, too. Yeah. It was kind of funny. Patrick. (laughs) Well, because she was dressed like Wonder Woman. Yeah, she was. And, you know, she's she's, um, curvy like Wonder Woman. And so he seemed pretty happy (laughs) standing there next to her until until her husband got in the picture. It was kind of funny. Well, anyway, check out the Anomaly podcast. It's pretty fun. And the, the video, the latest video is really good, too. And they've got a lot of cool stuff. Right now they're at RenFest, and they're going to be uh, reporting on that here in a couple of weeks. Wow. So they're should, just festive people, fest, aren't festive, they? Festive, yes. But the Anomaly ladies are awesome. Yeah. And we have one of them with us today on yeah. the podcast, so we're excited about that. Yeah. But before we get there, real quickly, since we are, we're going to run out of time really quick today because our interview was... Uh, a little bit longer. Yeah, but it was so much fun. Mm-hmm. I think everybody will like it. But uh, real quick, how was your week? Well, busy, um, and Catherine and I went together mother-daughter on a couple special mother-daughter dates. Our first one, Rick needs to plug his ears about because Don't she, do it. Don't say it. I'll get all gooey and weird. She went to the Red Cross with me for uh, their their blood drive. And I was really proud of her. She did a great job changing subjects. Then we also had a mother-daughter time Friday. She helped me with my work. Which is similar if you think about it. To lunch. and You guys did needles and blood, and then you went to fangs and blood. Yeah. And werewolves. Yeah, so we went, to? To, we went to Twilight Breaking Dawn, and I'm not going to do a review because we've already reviewed the whole series, but I will say well. that that the, the ending kind of part, the last section, and I was curious when I went through the book mm-hmm. how they were going to do this great battle because... No, you better not spoil it. Yeah, I'm just saying it was pretty intense. Okay. And kind of a little twist in there. And it, my daughter and I were like, what? What? And, um, yeah, it was pretty intense. 
Wow. Yeah. Okay, well, maybe you guys can do a little review in a couple of weeks. Maybe, after more people have got a chance to see it, because yeah. we don't want to spoil anything. Yeah. So, but so that I, was your I excitement. I think it was pretty pretty well done. I, I was surprised. They did have some gaps in it that, you know, they left out from the book, but it wasn't anything really essential. So it, I think they did a pretty good job with the movie. All right, cool. Yeah. So Me, what did you do? Well, I've been learning. I finally, my son, Nathan, came over and we mm-hmm. were having dinner together and and talking and um, you got a new iPhone. And so our daughter-in-law, our, our son, bought our old iPhone from us. Which we wanted just to give it to him, but he helped. He he threw some money on the table and said, "Take it." So well, because he wanted to give it to Ivy, yeah. his his wife, for Christmas. Yeah. So he did, and so we switched the iPhones, got it working, and all all ready to go. And while he was over, he came in and looked at my new studio and hooked up something for me that I didn't realize I could do, and plugged my MIDI keyboard into my system and showed me a little bit of Logic Pro, which I'm going to be using now. And uh, I was able to create s- some music. Hey, I was playing that. Did you hear that? No, because it's not on the thing. But oh. check this out. So I'm playing this on my new machine, my new Mac, with um, with a, a program called Logic Pro. And I'm able to play the different things on the uh, keyboard into the computer. And then it creates this cool sound. Cool, huh? It's very pretty. That was just the test. I was just testing it. So then, I played with it a little bit more and found that not only can I do cool stuff like you're listening to now, but I, I did a big deal this week and I applied for a feature film movie score for... Okay, it's going to stop here in a second. I applied for a feature film uh, score uh, for 90 minutes worth of movie music. And uh, yikes. So I I thought I'd better play around with how that that works. Now, that isn't through Elance. That's through a different company? No, that was through Elance. Oh, I didn't know Elance did. um, And so check this out. This is some of the orchestration. That you made as a sample, right? Right. Goofing around. One thing that you found out about your new software, yeah, that you were really excited about. Oh, this is cool. You showed it to me, but you can go ahead and tell them. Because no, no, go ahead. Well, it was really neat because 
you largely you can read music some because you were in band in school and I, I read chords. Um, but That's you also it. can read music for like saxophone and sure. stuff. But sure. largely you play by ear. Correct. And so the disadvantage to that is if you someday composed a big orchestra piece like I, like I just played like and you wanted to have live people play the different parts like a, a real orchestra it would be yeah it would be a challenge because I'd have to have somebody help me write it because yeah. I don't know how to write music that way well it, you might be able to figure it out but it'd take you a real long time because right, right. you mostly play by ear but so, now but now you can press one button on the program and it will show you all the notes you're playing, and, where the rests are, and, and everything. And print out sheet music. Show you where all the sharps, the flats, yeah. the rests, the everything. And then you can just print it out and hand it to someone and say, here, you can play this part. Here's your part. Is that cool or what? That is very cool. Yeah. So um, I'm pretty excited about that. So one day, hopefully someday, <coughs> you'll have a big contract to do a movie and and get to have. Well, let's hope I get this. This it. is a it's a small <laughs> budget one, but um, I would love to get this job, and I I don't know I may. It's a sci a sci fi thriller, so I it's kind of down my alley, and mm -hmm. I could I think I could make it sound really good for them, but you know we'll find out. I was I I wasn't the lowest bid, and I wasn't the highest bid, so we'll see. Well, and you've orchestrated whole audiobooks with yeah, special for Stephen, effects yeah, and, yeah. And, and music. And so, you know, you've done quite a few projects that way. For Kurt Klinger, too. Yeah. You did a sci-fi um, yeah. soundtrack. Mm -hmm. I've done so, all sorts of stuff like that. Lots of stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. So that should be kind of fun. And I, we'll see what happens. But anyway, I'm well on my way to learning the new system. So continue to keep me in your prayers and... Uh, We'll see what kind of music I can crank out. Fun, fun, fun. Sounds great. So that's what I've been doing. And then we did a couple trips to the airport. And here we are doing our podcast. Mm -hmm. We are. We are. Is there anything else that you wanted to say? Um, not or shall we get into the think. interview? I think we can get into the interview. This is such an awesome interview. You guys are going to love every minute of it. This is our friend Sue from the East Coast, from, from our sister city, Aberdeen, New Jersey. Cool, huh? Very nice. And here she is. And here we are again. So stick around. We'll be uh, back at the end to introduce next week. Back with us again on the Taking With You podcast is our good friend Sue from over in Aberdeen, New Jersey. Hi, Sue. Hi. We are so glad that you're with us again. I hope everybody enjoyed uh, listening to you and, and the adventures that you had during Hurricane Sandy uh, last week. Uh, I thought it was a, a great time of just talking about how people can band together and kind of a little bit about your faith during the whole time. And uh are you guys doing better now? It's another whole week and more recoveries going on, huh? Yeah, I mean, um, in, the, uh, in, in all honesty, in my immediate area, not a whole lot has changed. Uh, trains, the my train line is still down. It's probably going to be down for months. Uh, there's not any significant damage to any houses in the area, so we're not seeing any repairs. 
but you know the news tells me that that things are happening but there is still in the area you know a, a lot of work to be done sure and there is how to put it there is sort of a, a movement if you will among people who live in this area to remind everyone and not just here but all over the country, all over the world, that just because most people have lights back, it doesn't mean that things are back to normal. Right. So We remember that. When the power came back on here, there was still so much damage and, mm-hmm. and so many things that had happened that it, it took months to recover. Yeah, I think we were out of our house for six weeks while the yeah. repairs were made. And we weren't yeah. the only ones. There were yeah. tons of people that had the same problem. There were some people that had their houses smashed with big trees, and they were probably a couple ma- months away from home. Yeah, you know, it was right. crazy. But yeah. we're glad that you're doing better, and we're still going to be praying for everybody that's uh, going through all that. And uh, not fun, especially for the inconvenience. Now, how long does it take you to get to work? Uh, well, it depends on traffic now because I'm on the bus, but right. it takes on on a good day about the same amount of time. Well, that's not so bad then, I guess. Yeah. It doesn't change too much, but it, it is inconvenient and probably a lot less comfortable. Well, you know, the bus isn't that bad. My my biggest problem with it is that I can't read on the bus. Oh, because you get motion sick? Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> I wind up losing my, my two hours a day with well, my book see. with nobody bugging me. So. Yeah. Well, there you go. Now you have to listen to podcasts on your iPhone. Uh, which is what I've been doing. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> see, you can catch up with all of them now. Yeah, you're probably behind after not having did, by power the way, for a couple uh, weeks. Did you, uh, did you get to watch the finale of Face Off, even though it was on during the blackout for you? I did. And what did you think? I... What didn't I wanted somebody else to win? I did. I kind of did too. But you know, I actually the guy that wasn't even in the finals, I wanted to win. Yeah, Roy. Well, the, Roy the was winner, my. Pick. I liked. I liked her stuff, and I liked her stuff a lot more once she came back. Yes, I thought but she just, was much better when she came back. Don't know yeah. why, but yeah. I I liked the blonde girl though the entire time. Oh yeah, she was cool. She, from the very beginning, from the first episode where she was talking about the her Star Wars character and like the backstory that she created. Yeah, right that away. that was cool. That's I picked her from the get go. So. I thought. What did you think of this season? Did you like it better or or less than the other seasons? I don't know. I think it's about equal. So I liked really. it. I liked this season better. Maybe because right off the bat they were better makeup artists. Yeah, I. I think so too. Other than there is one younger one that I think does she have red hair? She was oh, yeah. she was really young and a little bit less experienced, but most of them were very competent and it seemed like yeah. they had more experience than well, than last year's. Roy did. Roy was the workhouse though, man. That guy was amazing. Yeah, but I I get what they mean and why they cut him is that he spent more time Working on fabrication and costume pieces than he actually did with, with the makeup, makeup part. Yeah, he still was yeah. a great sculptor and a great. I mean, oh, he absolutely was. I think he was the powerhouse when it came to doing all of his time and everything on it. He was mm-hmm. he was really good manager of time. So yeah, I don't know why I wanted to ask you about that, but probably because <laughs> you're the only other person that I know besides Kenny that that watches Face Off on a regular basis. Well, Love that show. For our mm. listeners who don't know what it is, it's a it's a show on the Sci-Fi Channel, S Y F Y, channel that uh, takes a group of makeup artists in a reality type of setting, and they eliminate one per week, and they uh, get down to the finals, and then uh, that person wins a 
basically a big cash prize and then an opportunity to work on some big project in the makeup world. So, I mean, it's pretty much your standard reality competition show. Mm-hmm. Why, why, are your, why are your <laughs> lips looking like a duck, dear? Oh, well... <laughs> I look I would, over and she's got this look on her I face. I just had a question for you. Is, oh, okay. Is Michael Westmore, was he is an executive producer of the show or? I don't know if he's an executive producer, daughter, but he's the guy that did all the yeah. makeup on Star well, Trek. Well, his daughter is the lady that hosts the show. Right. Yes. And, and looked, so I thought that maybe he was involved, but yeah, he did all the Star Trek things for years and years. Okay. And years. Did you not get a huge kick out of the, how incredibly uncomfortable she was doing live stuff? Did you notice that? On the live finale, it was like I fast forwarded through most of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, she was horrible. You know, I think I missed I mean, I most of it. I don't need the recap it, show. Yeah, I don't I like to watch that it. either. Like, <laughs> I do that with Survivor too. Like, it's like, why do I want to watch that again? I don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, last time on, unless it's Battlestar Galactica, and then you know, oh, speaking of Battlestar Galactica, before we get into the because we are going to talk about geeky stuff, have you watched any of Blood and Chrome yet? I have. Oh my god! Watched it on the bus. There. What? And what do you think? What is it? I. Uh, it is um, a web series <laughs> okay. that is set. Well, it's. It was. I think it was originally supposed to be a pilot. Yeah. But they didn't pick up the series, and then it was supposed to be a movie event, which it's still going to be. Right. But they're first releasing it as a web series. It's very weird, and I don't know. I don't know what their deal New is. New media, that. whatever. But <laughs> it. I I thought the first episode was a little dragging, mm-hmm. but I think that's why they released the first two on the same day. Because I agree. That second episode was bam. Yeah. So I'm ready to go now. Yeah. So Give me more. <laughs> can you so, explain to me? Is this a yes, Battlestar Galactica? It is. It, it follows. Movie? It follows Commander Adama as a as a newbie. Um, just coming on into the to the military, so like a prequel. Yeah. Yeah. To the but new after series. Caprica. After Caprica, so it's so we, we have a little bit um, newer technology, but at the same time, they've got old style Vipers and old style uh, Cylon Raiders, mm-hmm. and some a, a few of the old style Cylons, and uh, it's cool. The grandma phones too, where they pick up member in the new series. They you haven't seen a, a phone yet. Yeah, I, I haven't oh. seen a phone. I was just going to say I don't because think I, saw I remember. One. I remember that standing out. On Battlestar Galactica, the new series where they had grandma phones, you know, phones. like the kind my mom still has, but you know, the kind that you pick Galactica up. Galactica actual, yeah. The you know, because yeah, most of us have either cordless phones or cell phones, but this was like an old-fashioned grandma phone yeah. that they I were using. I think they referenced that at some point too, something about the, the added security of the hardwired line or exactly. something. something. I don't so know. it wouldn't go over the yeah, because anything that they had that was. Um, wireless orientated that the Cylons up. could yeah. uh, attack it, yeah. mm-hmm. cyber attack it. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, well anyway, I'll it's really, to... it's so far, it's really good. I don't know what the rest of the series will be like, but uh, you may have told me about something about it at one time, but I forgot if you did. I don't know. I just watched <laughs> it a few days ago and liked it. So, okay. I feel like we've been waiting for this for years. I know. It's what <laughs> I think it's what Battlestar Galactica should have been. But that's hmm. that's just me. I didn't like, you know. We watched all of Caprica and it got really weird. So, whatever. I don't know. I'm not into the old. I'm so tired of the virtual universe and the hologram. You know, all that stuff is like whatever. The concept is very interesting to me, but I haven't really seen it done really well. Effectively, correct. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So Maybe does, I'm wrong and I don't know what I should be watching. So but. does it have mm. the same characters in it that Caprica had in it? Well, does it have some of the same actors? I don't know. I haven't seen I don't any of them. Think so. No, I don't think so either. Because it's like years ahead of that yeah. or something. Or well, everybody, or... you know, you can get on okay, the web. It's we'll free. Find it. You can watch. Uh, it's called Blood and Chrome. Okay. Just type it into YouTube. You'll find it. All right. Okay. Uh, okay. All right. Well, the reason that we have Sue on again with us, <laughs> as we get around to it here, uh, is to talk a little bit about some great experiences you have just uh, had when you went down to a convention called Dragon Con. Yep. And so tell us a little bit, first of all, what is Dragon Con? And then tell us your involvement because you were, you didn't just go as a fan this time. You went and did some stuff at the at the convention and I'm so curious to hear about it. So and and then we'll talk a little bit about how your faith works in the in the area of science fiction because I know some people say, well, faith and science fiction are at odds against each other. So we'll talk about that a little bit later. But right now, explain to us what Dragon Con is and what your involvement in it was this this year. Sure. Um Dragon Con is well, a convention, clearly. It's the largest multimedia pop culture con with the the sci-fi fantasy genre focus in the world. Wow. So Comic-Con isn't bigger? No. Wow. Comic-Con is not bigger. And Dragon Con is completely fan run. There is no industry involvement whatsoever. Now see, this is, I did not know this. So that's probably why we hear more about Comic-Con because it's pumped and promoted and commercialized. Okay. All right. And where was this located at? Uh, It's in Atlanta over Labor Day weekend every year. Wow. That's cool. Okay. Okay. And so, so um, you went to it, obviously you've gone to it many times in the past. Uh, this past year was my third year at Dragon Con. Okay. And yeah. I am just, I am actually going to look up the stats really quick and see what the attendance was at San Diego Comic Con. Because I know it was big. Well, the thing I hear about Comic Con. This is dead is, air, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's okay. I, the thing I know about Comic Con is um, a lot of people, you end up not being able to see all the stuff you want to see because there's so many people. And I don't know. Yeah, I have not been to the San Diego Comic-Con. I have been to New York Comic-Con. And from what I hear, it's a very similar kind of attendance. Okay. But, or not attendance, but the, the topics right. are, are similar and the structure is very similar. And when I was at New York Comic-Con, I just felt like I was being advertised to. Uh, and things were being pushed on me, and that's not the feeling that I get when you go to at Dragon, Dragon Con, Con at okay. all. all right. um, based on the attendance numbers I see, this does say seem that uh, San Diego Comic Con does have a higher attendance. Sure. So I'm not sure why Dragon Con claims that it is the largest in the universe. Maybe they mean fan run. I don't know. Or me, I don't know. But <laughs> the the claim on their website is that they are the largest in the world. And so, okay, so, so so okay, so Dragon Con has all these people come to it. Do they have yes. any celebrities or? They um, do. The um, the celebrities actually, it's kind of a weird situation. From what I understand, the celebrities apply to appear at Dragon Con. Wow, that's and the different, con does huh? not actually go and seek them out. Wow. So nobody is actually invited. I, I 
from from what I understand. And but people know about this con and come back year after year. And I think Felicia Day has called it her favorite convention wow. to attend. Yeah. So it's it's become a bit of a big deal. And they when when you haven't been to it, it's kind of strange to wrap your head around the organization of it. They have these things called fan tracks. Okay. And there are I think close to 40 of them now. Wow. Things from alternate history to American sci-fi classics to current TV to puppetry to Star Trek to Star Wars. Anything that's gotten big enough can have its own fan track. Each track has a volunteer track director and staff. Everybody is a volunteer. And each track programs the entire weekend. Oh, interesting. So at every panel time... There's something going on for all 40 tracks. Wow. That's yeah. that's huge. It's huge. I mean, when I first went to my, my very first convention, it was a creation entertainment Star Trek convention in 1994, and there was a dealer's room and a stage. Yeah. And that's all it was. So my, I I my first Dragon Con was... What do you mean there are multiple things going on at the same, same time? time? Right. <laughs> how, right. How am I supposed to see everything? But it's it's a ultimate customization. You can really choose what you want to do. And sometimes things conflict. I guess you just have to figure out what you want to do more. <laughs> sure. Sure, that makes sense. So, okay, so this year who were some of the highlights that uh that came in and spoke at some of these tracks? Well, I was really excited. The top of my list was Nichelle Nichols. Oh, very cool. So I got in to see her. Uh, the majority of the new Battlestar Galactic cast was there. Wow. Katie Sackoff was there. Uh, Felicia Day was there, of course, promoting uh, especially the new YouTube channel for Geek and Sundry. Right. Lots of the sci-fi cast shows up. So the casts of, or at least some of the casts of Warehouse 13 was there uh eureka was there cool. and they had just wrapped up so they were you know all weepy over the Aww. end of the show and we were sad when it ended it was a great show yeah it was a good show i think they had babylon five panels wow with that mm. cast uh there was there's always farscape there um <laughs> adam baldwin was there oh, for the first time in a long time that's funny he, we, uh, jane we, espenson was another one at the top of my list the oh, the writer so what what did yeah, you, sorry. <laughs> what, was, what was your favorite one that you got to, to watch? Oh, my goodness. Uh, that's really difficult. <laughs> one of my favorite ones might have actually been in one of the academic tracks. I was really glad to be able to get down and talk. Uh, I say down because it was in the basement of one of the hotels. Wow. <laughs> so I was happy to get down to that track and um, discuss women in comics oh i bet that was fascinating yeah and it was it, like i said it was on the academic track so it was very it was presented by people who are writing papers on this oh i bet so it was, it was awesome interesting and neat to hear about but did, did any of them ask a, a question about how it seems like the majority of women in comic books um how do i say it how are naked <laughs> yeah are, are semi-naked and you know there's always you know how do they think that they can fight in like corsets and um <laughs> i don't know it just seems like they don't yeah, have 
a typical woman's figure. They have like a 10 inch waist and right. <laughs> 40 inch bust. And, you know, I don't know. It just seems. And spandex. Right. Either spandex or, or metal. Leather. Metal or leather. Or, I I just, I'm wondering when they're going to have characters in comic books. Now, I loved Wonder Woman, you know, and she did have a daytime persona, a very intellectual and Diana Prince, Diana Prince, you know, where she was a normal kind of person. And, and I've heard in real life, she's a very wonderful Christian lady, but you know, they did put her in that typical skimpy costume. It's like, yeah, in real life, you really fight in a bathing suit. I mean, she did. She did a great job of it too. Yeah. Well, anyway, I, did they bring any of that up? (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Especially with, I mean, remember when DC sort of relaunched their whole universe with the new 52? Right. And there was a whole big internet outcry, especially about the character of, I think, Starfire. What are they? Is that right? I'm not. You'll have to forgive me. I've never been a huge comic book person, and I'm just starting to get into this now. (laughs) But there was one character who was one of the Teen Titans who. You know, for the first several pages of her comic book, apparently you only saw her body in a, in a literal bathing suit and not even her face. Oh, my god! There's, you know, huge internet outcry, and that was her, you know, the Wonder Woman from long ago telling, in whose speech bubble said things like, never compromise yourself for any man ever. The very Buffy the Vampire Slayer kind of talk. Right. With the modern-day Wonder Woman, who was pretty much... I think just somebody said she's trying to be Superman's girlfriend again, (laughs) not reading the new 52. So I don't really know for sure what what that is, but you know, the, the sensible armor for battle thing, the ginormous chest, it's all, I hate to say it, but it's all pretty standard stuff in this conversation. And it's unfortunately a conversation that we continue to have, especially. And you would think it would change by now, but. Right, and especially in Marvel and DC. Hold on, and the, hold on one second. Go ahead. Especially with Marvel and DC. And they, they just keep insisting that their main audience is men. And right. ignoring the numbers that are there for the other 50% of the country. Right. And I think actually 51% of the country. But I have been reading a lot of stuff lately from IDW and Image Comics. Mm-hmm. And um, Joss Whedon even wrote a graphic novel a couple years ago for Dark Horse about a slayer in the future. And in his forward, he writes about he's looking for a warrior woman who is not your typical comic book woman. Wow. And he specified to his artist that he wanted a heroine with a small chest. <laughs> Right, so don't make it typical, right? Yeah, and I think that the the positive, not role models, but examples and characters are there. You just they're not Mm -hmm. they're hard to find. You have to look for them, right? Especially in the comic books, I think TV and movies have come a ways. um, I don't know. Well, you know, if you look at Star Trek, the original Star Trek, it had all the women in. And dresses so short that they had to wear matching panty covers because they were so, so short. And a lot of, you know, metallic bikinis, you know, kind of things. And then Next Generation, you had 
women that actually wore, you know, like pants like the men. And it's like... And men that wore dresses like the women. Yeah, that was a little <laughs> odd, but... And uh, if you watch Haven... Huh? No, it wasn't Haven. What was it called? The one where they're all in skimpy outfits and they run. Well, yeah, but... Um, oh, that one. That, that one was all Nice skimpy. planet. Men and women in skimpy outfits, but yeah, but as far true. as they had women who wore bridge officers that were dressed right, it was more intelligent, more, and more intelligently, yes. not just provocatively. Yeah. So okay, so that was your favorite panel then that you had gone to, probably yeah yeah. But now now tell us this because I was so freaked out and excited when I found out <laughs> when I found out that my friend Sue you actually. We're on some of the panels. I was. <laughs> okay, tell us about that, because that's just cool. Well, Dragon Con, because there are only so many guests to go around, even though there are a ton of guests, uh, they are there are guest panels and there are fan panels. So, and a lot of people at this point, if people who have been coming for years and years, aren't necessarily headed to the big celebrity panels. Because they've probably already seen them. Right, they want to have... A discussion right with other fans right and uh you actually it's really not that hard to get on a panel you just have to um you know be in touch really with the track director throughout the year right and volunteer your services so i'm so curious which ones did you volunteer to be on i actually wound up um scheduled for four panels but i wound up on five wow <laughs> and yeah, well, I was talking to uh, one of the track directors before, like, early in the morning. I think there was coffee involved, and I might have still been asleep. <laughs> <laughs> he was just saying that he was afraid that people weren't going to show up to be on on one of the panels. And I was like, look, I was going to come to that one anyway, so if you need me, I'll I come up on stage. And that's exactly what happened. <laughs> wow. And which one was it? That was a time travel panel. Wow. In the American sci-fi classics track. That's cool. <laughs> and what's so really cool about that is as soon as you were done, you were probably just beginning. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I had to. Yeah, this was Did the temporal police show up? Well, I mentioned the temporal police. Good. I think that is one of the most intriguing stories in the Star Trek universe. I, I want to know more about the temporal police. I think they could do a whole show. A whole series on the Temporal Police, which would be Star Trek Temporal Police. Well, that would be awesome. You know what? They kind of have. It's called Doctor Who. <laughs> All right. Touche. He's a Time Lord, you know. I actually mentioned that on... Oh, that's your... I thought that was the dog. On Anomaly, it's my wife's we did an, an interview with All Things Trek, and they asked us, if, if Star Trek were to come back to TV, what would you like to see? And I said, Temporal Police. That's awesome. But then Sarah told me that there's a book series... Oh, so really? there's a Temporal Police book series. I haven't gotten to it yet, I but when I do, I'm excited. I, I did excited. not know I'm it sure, existed. I'm sure there is, and we have a friend who lives just a few blocks from us, well, about a mile, and she has, I believe, every single Star Trek book ever written. She's a doctor, oh, and my she's single, and that is her hobby, is collecting Star Trek books. So we can she's ask got them all. her. I, she has them all. <laughs> Um, we can and she loves cats. She has six cats. Yes, six cats. Mm -hmm. And she's buying a new house for her cats. That has has these little indoor, and it's got a a run for the cats. They can go outside, but they can't get out. And there's little there's these little um, 
castle towers that they can go sleeping that have and play roofs in. so that they can go out and play in their little castle towers and then come and back then... in the house all by themselves mm-hmm. it's really cool it's got several of them so she's buying the house for her for, for the... her cats yeah yeah for the all the life you know cat stuff if we, if we could all just buy what well, we wanted know, for she's, our cats she's a doctor and she hardly lives there she's at the hospital most of the time yeah. so she goes it's the cat's house they just let me come sleep here occasionally <laughs> but she's very and loved. she stores love her, her she stores her star trek books there that's right, right. <laughs> okay so okay so you you were on that panel how cool is right. that and then what else what are the other panels were you on I was on um, the opening panel of the Sci-Fi Media Track. Ooh, now what this was that about? This can get confusing. The American Sci-Fi Media Track covers everything that has, I believe, finished airing in the last 10 years. Okay. Anything older than 10 years goes to American Sci-Fi Classics. Got it. And then anything that has grown big enough to have its own track is has its own track. Like Star Wars, Star Trek, uh, Stargate, X-Files, they all have their own tracks. Okay. All right. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> but the the opening panel was Have We Met Before is what it was called. And it was about shows that were canceled recently and, and people don't think have been. and or, <laughs> or shows that people gave up on too soon but are great now. Oh. So basically Diamonds in the Rough. Oh, tell us about some of those. What kind of shows were you talking about there? Because that sounds interesting. We were talking about uh, Pushing Daisies. Oh, yeah. We watched that for a while. I've heard it's really good. I never watched a single episode. Oh, I watched it for maybe one season, but then I lost interest. Did it get better? I loved it. I loved the whole thing. It was kind of quirky. Kenny, our our friend Kenny from California, he really liked that that, Mm. uh, series. Yeah, it was definitely unique. I brought up Haven on that panel because i think sci-fi treats it like the forgotten it does they don't hardly promote it or anything it's kind of a cool show yeah it's it's actually one i really like and i was surprised because i haven't been a stephen king fan Mm -hmm. and so i i started watching it and i'm going this is stephen king but even though even though it's a little bit it's a little gory, but it's kind of gory in the same way Fringe is gory, where it's not, it's more about the people and their interactions than it is about just the horror and the gore. So it's kind I can of handle on the it. line between horror and supernatural. Yes. Yeah, it's definitely a different show, but do, I, I do enjoy it. Do and you know that the main um, lady there, what's her name? The main Audrey? Actress. Yeah, she is actually in real life. She is a believer. Oh, yes, I did not know that. Yeah, and we have a, a good friend that's good friends with her. Yeah, oh. um, a friend of ours who who is a pastor's wife for like twenty five years, and she's a licensed minister herself. Um, she is very good friends with her, yeah. and and feels really bad if she misses one of the shows. And we're so. like, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of neat when you find out. Some of the different actors and stuff who are believers have a faith, you yeah. know. Yeah, that's awesome. It yeah. is. It's cool. Okay, okay. So that was another one that you were on. Now that's two <laughs> of them. You you're on three more. Okay, the next one I was on was called Geek TV. Sweet. <laughs> and that was, of course, uh, stuff that is not necessarily genre, right? But is very appealing to geeks or features geeks. So we were talking about the Big Bang, Big Bang Theory. Theory. Yes, yeah. definitely. That's the first thing that came to my mind when yeah. you said that. <laughs> and for, 
I brought up actually for for a while it kind of turned into the portrayal of female geeks on TV and I was the only woman on the panel so they oh they all goodness. turned to me not yeah. that I have any kind of expertise <laughs> <but> <laughs> I mean I even reached back into cheers and brought up Dr. Lilla Stern and Crane wow. who is one of my favorite characters of all time That's funny but B.B. Newworth is also one of my favorite actresses of yes. all time, so you, that's not surprising. You were surprising. just not so long ago tweeting about going to get to see her in the... Was she in the Addams Family? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> da 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 oh, sorry. I, I'm totally lost because I it's didn't okay. really follow Cheers. I think it was in our time that we didn't really have TV. We had to like beg his grandma to tape Star Trek for yeah. us. I set the VCR <laughs> finally to, to tape it. VCR, everybody. Yeah, because yeah. we didn't have TV mm-hmm. at the time. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so you were on Geek TV, and that mm-hmm. was cool. Okay, now we got two more. I was on, on Sunday in the Classics track, a panel called Manimal and Friends. And oh, that uh, Manimal. Covered... I remember Manimal. Yeah. It was all about quickly canceled uh, sci-fi TV, so like, the older stuff that that went away went away really fast. Like, like Man from Atlantis, Animal. like the Middleman. Uh huh. Oh, I like, love the Middleman. You know, just hit something on my. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I love I love the Middleman though. It was really different. It was cute. It was what the Middleman reminded me. Okay, of... what, what are you talking about? The Middleman. The Middleman. Uh, it was the the one that had a character who was like the um. Oh, the mounted police guy from Canada. Dudley Do-Right. Yeah, Dudley Do-Right. Yeah. So the middleman was kind of like Dudley Do-Right. And then he had a like a robot lady who was the... How did I miss this? You should Netflix it. All yeah. right, I will because I don't remember it. Yeah, the kids and I watched it. It was really cute. Do you, do you remember... Um, what was the one that starred the African American guy that um, that couldn't walk? He was in a wheelchair. Oh, that was Lanta- um No, Mantis. Mantis. Do you remember Mantis? I wanted to say Lantis. That's the that's the <laughs> drug that I take. Yeah, the, I do not remember Mantis. Oh, you're going to have Mantis. to check out Mantis if you like cool, yeah. if you like um, action hero kind of stuff because he was uh, he's he was more awesome. In the- he had an exoskeleton suit that made, let him walk. And, fight and he crime. became a superhero, but yeah. but in normal life he was in a wheelchair. Yeah, kind of like that. Was it Dark Angel? Hmm. But they had a guy in a wheelchair, but then he could put on this suit and be. Was that called Dark Angel? I don't know. Can't remember. So what other shows? Are, Sorry, we're, we're talking too much. <laughs> well, that that was honestly the panel I felt the most out of my league because they were. Some some of my fellow panelists were pulling stuff out that I was just like, huh? Whoa. Um, <laughs> that was before I was born. Sorry. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, Galactica 1980 came up, and the Sweet. original V came up. Sweet. Yeah. People are just throwing things out right and left, and I was out honestly taking notes, and I was like, "This is all stuff that's going in my queue." Yeah. <laughs> well, oh, the, Galactica the, 1980. The yeah. original V, though, it didn't come out as a series though it came out yeah, as a mini like series, a mini series right? well, yeah but it was a series too wasn't it uh, no i think it yeah, was just it was. a mini series well, maybe it? it was it had several two-hour ones mm-hmm. i thought it at least at first too it bad came they out can, what did you think of the new v i liked it i thought it was interesting yeah i think i could have dealt they, with it moving a little quicker 
Yeah. Well, yeah. And I wish they would have kept it going. I want to know what happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought it was pretty good. Of course, I, I'm not really into the lizard monster thingies. Though, I am. I love but... lizard monsters. They're cool. Yes, you do. I'm a, I'm a lizard monster. Yes, you are. Please don't do I that. I used to do an imitation of Lizard Man for my kids. And it would make me very <laughs> And she upset. she goes, that is, is the only time she's ever said this in our marriage. You are very unattractive when you do Lizard Man. <laughs> very unattractive. I'll do it for Sue because she can see us. Ready? <laughs> that's Lizard Man. I don't think she very really nice. could see it that well. And that's probably good because it was, it just like. No, Want to drive Amy into flamey Amy mode? Be Lizard Man. Do not be Lizard Man. Okay. Right, okay so, so what other tracks did you do? <laughs> Get back on task. She's got one more the, to go. Yeah. The other panel I was on was on the Whedon Universe track. Ooh, and we know you like Joss Whedon quite a bit. I'm a fan. Yeah. And <laughs> I, okay. So it, it was all about him. Yeah, well, the, the panel title was Captain Hammer Will Save Us. Okay. And the focus was False Heroes. Oh, interesting. So it was probably the most, if I can use the word intellectual panel that I was on. Because, we, I mean, they were we were throwing out literary terms and comparing false hero versus anti-hero versus true hero versus wow. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Wow. But that, that panel was Monday afternoon. Cerebral. And Monday is is the getaway day for everybody. Uh-huh. So usually the the con is really sparse, and you know people are, panels aren't that well attended. There aren't really star panels on Monday, but I got to the panel room for this, and there was a line to wow, get in wow. to see a fan panel. That's unheard in of. In the huh? Eden track, and I was it's the first time I saw a line for a panel that I was mm-hmm. on. So I was kind of amazed. That's you know, really that people, cool care can you you name off some of the shows that joss wheaton i'm i'm almost scared i'm saying his name wrong no it's joss you're right joss um i've listened to some like women talk sci-fi and maybe anomaly ones have talked about him too but i'm not always real clear about what he's worked on can you throw some names sure he's probably most well known for buffy the vampire slayer and then Angel was a spinoff of that that stuck around for several years. Mm-hmm. Um, Firefly. Yeah. Okay. That was it's, one that we did watch. Mm-hmm. We watched, I think, pretty much all of the Firefly, didn't we? Yeah. 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 And Dollhouse was one of his. We watched that, yeah. too. And Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog. That we didn't catch, I don't think. And I guess everybody says that I should watch it because I would laugh very hard because of the yes. musical, my musical roots. Absolutely. And of course, this summer he directed the Avengers. Yeah, that big Which huge, was awesome. Which was amazing. Mm-hmm. It was so hilarious. It was a very good show. <laughs> we liked it. I, the mo- best scene in the whole movie was after all the credits rolled. <laughs> did you Did you stick around and see the end? I did. Yeah. Wasn't that hilarious? It's great. I just sat there. I just, I went, that is so funny because everybody wants to know what happens after the big battle. He's fantastic. And now he's apparently in contract with ABC to do another TV show in the Avengers universe. I heard that. I so heard called look Shield. Look out for Shield. I'm very yeah. excited. Wow. I was like, hmm, that could be very, very good. So, how would, you know, just my brain tries to wrap around things. Would they be able to get some of these big stars on the TV show? I don't know. Because, I mean, they, they're people that are used to pulling down 20, 
million a show probably. Yeah, I don't think that it is actually going to have, you know, Captain America and Thor and whoever in it. From what I've read, it's going to focus more on the humans that work with the superheroes. That would be fascinating. Yeah, which is, I mean, if you think about it, it's a very Joss thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How how he had Buffy, his, his supernatural slayer, but she had a bunch of human friends there uh-huh. who weren't super and weren't you know, perfect, Yeah, but we're there and they work together and they did what they had to do. That's, that's and that would be, that would be typical of, of exploring the human condition yeah. in, in a supernatural setting. That's cool. Oh, sorry, my, your, my microphone. Don't move anymore. You're making weird squeaking noises. Your microphone <laughs> stand thingy is annoying. So out of all the panels that you were on, was your, what was your favorite? Oh, I can't do that. <laughs> yeah, you, you can do it. You can do it. Man, I think I was most comfortable and and felt like I really knew what I was talking about on my Geek TV panel. Oh, I bet that was great. But I think I probably had the most fun with, with the Whedon panel. Oh, I, I bet that was amazing. <laughs> Did you... Um... Were you surprised uh, by the, I mean, were there other panelists there that you were like, wow, that's pretty cool that I got to sit up there with them or, or um, was the audience, you said the audience was bigger at the Joss, the Joss Whedon one. Yeah. And they're very interactive at, at fan panels for the most part. I mean, it's, it's almost more like a guided conversation. Right. A big discussion. Yeah. Nobody's giving a presentation. Nobody's giving a lecture. Right. We just, you know, like to come with something <laughs> prepared to throw out there. Right. I was really excited. I had actually met him very briefly the year before, but I was on a panel, I think maybe two panels with uh, Kevin Batchelder. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, who formerly of the Scapecast and now does tuning into sci-fi. Yeah. And he's, he's pretty much all over the podcasting world. That's cool. Yeah, and I was, uh, I also met his co-host, Wendy. Oh, that's on, great on another one of the panels and just names I had heard really from around podcasting and around the internet. I'm like, Oh, that's what you look like. That's cool. I love it. When you, when you get to, when you get to meet people that you know, or you feel like, you know, because you've listened to their podcast yeah. or that's a, that's such a, a neat thing when you, when you get to meet up in real life. <laughs> it's a the good weird thing. thing is though. I listen to everything on double speed. Oh, so, so, like, so they all talk slow. Is lower. <laughs> yeah. What's wrong with you? Well, I'll tell you. you know, that's right. We all talk like munchkins. <laughs> Here, come on. Go ahead, Amy. Talk like this. No. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> okay. So this, okay. So the convention was probably a really cool experience for you doing that. Did you like it better doing the panels or as when you went as a fan? I had a really great time doing the panels. And there's just so much going on that it's not like it's the only thing I was doing. Right. I don't think I'd want to do many much more than the number I did. Right. But, I mean, it's getting to the point for me where I'm becoming one of, you know, I guess the old fogies of Dragon Con. <laughs> where unless there's a, a super big name of a celebrity that I really, really want to see, I mostly want to be at fan panels sure. and have these discussions. Well, so. what, where else? I mean, that's one of the hardest things in real life for me is that running into people that are really 
like to talk about this kind of stuff. Very yeah. seldom do you. And so that's why it's so nice to be on a forum or, you know, have a group of podcast people on Facebook that, that you, perhaps you like their podcast or whatever. And you can have all these discussions. So a convention, I mean, it makes you feel like you're going home, you know, and, and you get to talk with like-minded people. It's really cool. <laughs> what are you laughing about, Amy? Nothing. What? Were you doing something? You... <laughs> my wife just put a tribble on my head, and I didn't know it. It's still there. Thank you, dear. I thought you were laughing at me for being happy about conventions. No, we... I think we're boring, Amy. <laughs> I think we no, could be. I, you know, I'm kind of torn because on one hand, I'd like to go see a convention. But there's a couple things that are holding us back when, we, you know, we've just started a, a business in the last few years. So cash flow is an issue. But um, also to get to one, you know, that there is a smaller one. That there's Emerald in, City Comic Con. There is a one in a Comic Con that's in Seattle. We should go. Which is only two and a half hours away. Um, and so that could be doable just to do a day pass. We should host but, an Aberdeen Comic Con. <laughs> you think so? Mm-hmm. But... We'll the do other... a podcast convention where all our podcast buddies can come over and and we could all meet. To... Wouldn't that be fun? There you go. The other thing is, I, I think threw... there is a podcast convention. Oh, I know, yeah, but I mean, is. our podcast, our friend, <laughs> our friend Wayne goes to a podcast convention like Blog every World year or down something in... like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but the other issue I have is, I grew up on a thousand acre ranch, and whenever I get in large crowds. It's exhausting for me. I'm like that, and she ah. she keeps calling for the cows to come get me. <laughs> come, Bozzy. Yeah, yeah it bossy, does you know. get very very crowded. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think, think there'd be parts I'd enjoy, but then I would probably I need to go to our room and you know get a book or something for a while. <laughs> so I remember when it was a few years ago. Well, maybe a couple years ago. Now uh, I was talking with you or. We were tweeting or we were instant messaging or something, and we talked a little bit about um, Dragon Con, and you had gone to a panel on um, faith and science fiction. Mm-hmm. And I was fascinated by that, and I thought, well, would that be an interesting thing? And so, as promised in this interview, I wanted to talk the last few minutes about um, how does your faith conflict with, I mean, cause there are some elements in science fiction as in anything that are pretty anti God at times, or maybe humanist or, you know, um, just not in line with, with, uh, with how we might think the Bible says or, or the morals that we might, uh, espouse to have. Um, how does that work with you? And how does your faith fit into the, your geekiness and the sci-fi and all, all those elements? You know, it's interesting. I've actually run into a lot of Star Trek fans who are believers, which always surprises me a little bit whenever I encounter that, or at least it used to. Right. Because you, know, you just sort of get the impression Nobody ever says it outright that you really shouldn't be into science fiction. I I agree. If, if you're a believer, I agree. Oh, I get I, I get that all the time. I actually had um, a relative be upset because her pastor was into Star Trek, and she thought you know it was satanic or something. 
And I was like, um, oh, I guess I won't be sharing that, you know, my, <laughs> my husband's a Trekkie then. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, there there are a few. I am, but I do know a lot of believers. And I remember you said you went to uh, to see Michelle Nichols. Is that how? No, it's not Michelle Nichols. Michelle. Michelle. You know, that Ahura. Um, and one thing I remember reading about one time is that or maybe i saw an interview with her where she went and talked to gene roddenberry and she goes i know what you're doing you're writing morality plays and then just putting them in in space mm. <laughs> as space setting and i think that even though roddenberry was a humanist he did talk a lot about morality and about right the value the value of life there's so mm-hmm. many shows in star trek that dealt with the value of life. And I thought, I, I don't know. I th- I see that there is a lot of moral issues brought up and discussed in Star Trek and, uh, you know, in a, in a play. Yeah. In a screenplay. So, and, I mean, okay. go ahead. It, it could be my, my theater background, but I think of, and I think it's especially true of the original series in the next generation is I think, of the episodes almost like theater art especially the moral ones that yes yeah, sometimes he's they were trying to give you the answer to what the question was but other times they're just trying to make you think about mm-hmm. something yeah but right. i mean in terms of dealing with something that might preach xyz you know i think people you can see it either way i've i've discussed a Stargate episode where somebody thought, well, it's totally anti-Christian, totally anti-God. And I was like, I see it completely the opposite way. And they're like, what? (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, anything growing up, um, my dad didn't want me to watch anything that he considered a cult. And this included like reruns of Bewitched. Right. He's, He's, you know, I'm, I'm, almost 30 years old and he still doesn't like that I watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Right. <laughs> I also, because my dad is a pastor and my mom went to Bible school and, right. you know, it's we, of, we of having had <laughs> a very grounded you know, religious upbringing. Yes. Upbringing. Yeah. Where, and, and I, I hate the word religious, but, <laughs> you know, I, I know doctrine and I was taught doctrine and I was taught theology and these are big pretentious words <laughs> but i mean i think when you're going into anything and it doesn't even have to be a science fiction it can just be pop culture mm-hmm. and you have a faith you just have to be strong in it and you're the bible tells us in in the letters to question everything yeah and that means everything i mean i have a friend who will who posted a picture of a flower that she thought quoted a Bible verse and, you know, it said Matthew 25, seven or whatever after it. And I just happened to have been reading that passage. I'm like, that's not at all what that's about. So <laughs> I looked it up and I'm like, I'm pretty um, sure the verse that you say you're quoting is actually about fish. Yeah. So it's like <laughs> flower? Just, don't take anyone's word for anything, really. Look yeah. it up. Think yeah. about it. Yeah. You know, don't even... You know, my dad, who's a preacher, says, yeah. read it for yourself. That's and right. you don't have mm-hmm. to agree with me. You have to agree with the Bible. Right, right. Okay, so 
do you feel like you ever get put down because of your faith in in these circles? That's a interesting question. I, <laughs> <laughs> we stumped her. We stumped her. Oh no! Yes, yes. Oh, really? If I have to think of an occasion, I it guess might not, not be so much. Yeah. Um. But then you aren't. Yeah. A, you aren't. You aren't a typical. I don't know how to say. Okay, you're not the. Tra- I mean, you're a traditional believer, but you're not a traditional believer. If that makes sense. <laughs> You know what I mean? I'm, I mean, there's some people that you just you think of the the protester on the side of the road with the you know. Are you thinking of the church and, lady from? Well, um, yeah, Saturday sorry, night you mean stereotypical, right? Stereotypical. That's what I meant. Yeah, you're not. A, you, I mean, that's not what. You, that's not how you live your faith. No. And so you probably aren't going to run into as much conflict as somebody who's going to stand there and tell everybody they're going to hell for watching Star Trek. Right. I also am not confrontational I, f- I see no benefit to living a confrontational aggressive life or faith i agree if somebody doesn't agree with me that's okay that's right. fine yeah you know and i'm not gonna push anything on anybody i yeah. i've been thinking about a certain verse off and on lately and it it talks about god telling people i set before you life and death and then they, he says, choose life. <laughs> but he doesn't force anyone to. He tells right. them the answer to the question. Or, you know, he, he puts down two possibilities. And he says the right answer is to choose life. But he's not forcing us to. He gave us all a free will. And, and there are benefits to people's life, uh, peace, eternal salvation, all these different benefits to choosing life to choosing god's way but god doesn't force it on anyone he didn't make us into robots and and that's why you know i just said that to say i agree with you i don't (laughs) feel like i need to force um the bible on people you know if they ask me why do you have peace in your life i can say well because you know, I've trusted God with my future and with my today. And and because I trust God, that, that gives me peace. But I'm not going to, you know, tell people, I don't know. I don't think we should ever be mean to people or degrading to them just because they don't believe the same way we do. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it doesn't help anything. No. I, I don't know anybody who's been converted into Christianity because... People be mean to them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, like, the Bible says it's it's God's kindness that, that leads us or draws us into repentance, which is a fancy way for turning away from doing wrong and doing right yeah. instead. I was having dinner with a friend who is a self-proclaimed well, she waffles between atheist and agnostic right. a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, re- the, the topic of religion came up in the sense that we were also discussing the election and what right. the evangelicals, blah, 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 <laughs> not getting into it. <laughs> right, right. And, you know, a lot of the things, it's like I, I understand the perspective, even if I don't agree with it, of whatever group it is. Um, but... It just led to the point of asking questions. Well, what does it mean when somebody who's a proclaimed Christian says this? What does this mean? Right. And we wound up 
you know, having a two-hour conversation over dinner about the two things you're not supposed to talk about over dinner, religion and politics. Politics and religion, yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah. And it was completely civil. And, you know, she even said to me, the people I know who are religious are not the kind of people, or the people I'm friends with who are religious, the word she used, are not the kind of people who force it on anyone else i wouldn't want to be friends with someone who forces it on anyone else and then i i brought up the i guess method of bible thumping right that was very popular for a while especially in the 90s yes it was i I never really understood how that benefit anyone you know you're gonna scare people away yeah, well, it did. From any kind of faith, if all you're doing is yelling and screaming and hitting. Yeah, it did scare people away. Yeah. So, very, very, very interesting stuff. Well, there there should be a change in our lives that happens when we put our faith in God. But And there should so. be an interchange that, that, what was the saying that, I can't remember, was it St. Francis of Assisi that said, I preach the gospel at all times, and if necessary, I use words, something mm-hmm. around that. <laughs> and to me, I think that that's more valuable to live it than to talk about it and then live differently. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, something you said, Sue, and this is, I kind of want to close the interview with this. Um, you had mentioned that some people can see things from one perspective, but you might see them from a different angle. I mean, and that happens in life all the time. But would you agree with me if 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 I said to you, there is much more spirituality in science fiction than most people give it credit? Absolutely. And it's it's because I think a lot of times people don't notice it, or they're not looking for it, so they don't see it, or they or they react to one statement, or mm-hmm. or to one situation, and then say the whole thing is painted. They paint the whole thing that way, when in fact. There are some amazing spiritual parallels and and principles in science fiction, big time. Well, I think, and, and fantasy too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what I think is super interesting is that a lot of people don't realize that uh, Tolkien mm-hmm. was a believer. Yeah. And, and of course, C.S. Lewis mm-hmm. is, is much better known as a believer, I think. Mm-hmm. But the two of them were friends and they were fighting over whether, I believe, metaphor or allegory right. were more effective in preaching the gospel. Right. Mm-hmm. So they had a competition. And mm. the Chronicles of Nar- Narnia oh, total are, allegory. Is, is the Christ story. Yeah. Right. But so mm-hmm. is the Lord of the Rings. It is. Mm-hmm. And people don't realize that. That, yeah. you know, when they're watching the Lord of the Rings, they're watching the Christ story. Yeah. And in science fiction, what I've always found fascinating is that it's your scientists in a lot of, you know, modern day based shows that are the ones that have some kind of faith. <laughs> Scully is the one who has a faith. Uh, Sam Carter on SG1 is the one who has faith. Right. So it's the scientists, the ones who are supposed to be the atheists right. in, in the world's eyes. Who are the ones who have who believe in yeah. God? Yeah, and I, yeah, well, that's always been, you know, how I felt about things. I was always super interested in math and science, and as I learned more about how things fit together, and mm-hmm. you know, the beauty of the Earth and the mathematics of the Earth and the way the heavens are all set up and the stars move, it made me believe more, not less. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. 
I think um, when I was teaching my kids, we talked a lot about divine design because that's a good way to describe it. You know, you can say, um, you know, that you only believe this or you only believe that. But if you stand back and look at just the smallest little cell and how intricate it is, it's like, I don't know how you can't believe there is a God because it's just so complicated. The the things that 50 years ago people said, well, this came from that because this was so simple and so uncomplicated. And then it evolved into this more complicated. I'm going, now they see how the smallest bacteria or the smallest virus is a very complicated machine mm-hmm. with all these working parts. And, and it's just kind of amazing and kind of mind-blowing um the intricacies i i think it's cool too and yeah just that about this the scientists and and i don't know how you can observe these things and not have it make you be in awe or in wonder that's why my probably my favorite verse in the bible is romans 120 which to paraphrase it, because I'm not a memorization kind of person, <laughs> is basically looking around you. How can you yeah. not understand? How can you not see yeah. that what God has made? The 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 phrase is men have no excuse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's it's amazing. But uh, and I think I think any time that you uh, explore why people have a, such an agenda against believing or against God. Usually it has to do with something completely different than what we expect. Usually it's money or power or it's something where, you, you know, you you have power over other people. There, there's something involved in it. There's something. Well, and sometimes people have involved. been turned off by religion and religious sure. people. And rightfully been, so in some yeah. instances. Yeah. 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 So, well, very cool. I, I'm just so glad we got a chance to talk about your experience at uh, DragonCon. And, you you know, I have to say, Sue, I know you don't, you probably don't think this because of some of our past conversations. You're just a very interesting person. And you <laughs> you, you are. You have a lot of really interesting things going on in your life. And, and you have a lot of good things to say. And uh, that's why we wanted to have you back on the show again because we we like you. Well, I'm very flattered. I'm kind of amazed that you're not sick of me. <laughs> we're not. We're not sick of you. I still remember the first time I that Rick told me, "Hey, I, I heard from the lady in in um, New York that took communion with us on the subway." <laughs> oh no! Don't bring, don't bring that up again. <laughs> I thought that was... already beat that dead horse <laughs> many times. <laughs> I thought that was so cool. <laughs> But that was the first time that I, really encouraged I, us. It just encouraged us because it's like you know, it kind of reaffirms the idea of taking with you. Of taking with you, you can yeah. take God with you wherever you go, and and the you know, Bible talks about there only being one body. So if you're a believer in Christ and what He did for you on the cross, that He died and rose again, all that. If you believe in that that we're all of that same family, that same body, no yeah. matter what denomination you go to, no matter your whether you're riding on the subway or you're a homemaker or you're a, a scientist somewhere, you know, it doesn't matter. We're all one people. And I just thought that was so cool. It made my day. <laughs> and that was a long time ago. That, that was, was a long time. That's got to be three ago. and a half years ago or so. We're coming up. Do you know that we're going to be coming up on our 200th episode? 
I noticed. Yeah. Will it be four years podcasting? Four I'm years. taking with you yeah. in January, February? Yeah. January. January, yeah. <clears throat> I believe February 1st, uh, four years ago, we started. was official. I think we did one practice one in January or something. Something like that. Kind of cool. A prequel. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Sue. Again, how can people get a hold of you if they want to comment or say hi or read some of your blogs or listen to some of your podcasts? How do they get a hold of you? Uh, the easiest way to get a hold of me is probably on Twitter, where I am Spaltor, S-P-A-L-T-O-R. Okay. Um, podcasts and links to blogs and other random things that I do <laughs> would be at anomalypodcast.com, A-N-O-M-A-L-Y podcast.com. Cool. Okay. And I can be reached, if you want to send me an email, I am actually sue at anomalypodcast.net. How cool is that? That one's dot net. That's cool. I know, it's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> That's very awesome. Well, thanks again for being on the show, Sue. We really appreciate you. And, and, no problem. Uh, we'll continue. We'll, we'll, we'll get you back on the show to update everybody as, as time goes on and you do other cool things. So much pressure. I know. <laughs> so do cool stuff. And, and thanks again for being on the show. Sure. There you go. Wasn't that a fun interview? Yeah, it was really cool. And you know, as you were doing some editing here and listening to a little bit more of it, it reminded me a little bit when Sue was talking about Tolkien and C.S. Lewis that there's another very famous person who told a lot of stories, and that was Jesus. Yeah, it's true. Jesus told stories all the time, and of course, his weren't as much sci-fi orientated, but they a lot of times had to do with fishing and farming, farming and gardening, you know, raising, raising because that's just, that's what people could relate to. Yeah. But um but I think it's it's neat to use whatever you have in available to you to share good news with people. Absolutely. And that's exactly what we do at Taking With You. Yeah. We take the technology of today and we try to talk about our faith in a positive way and share it with as many people as we possibly can in a non-traditional form just to get folks to open up and, and uh, maybe explore some new options of faith in their lives. Mm-hmm. So kind of cool. How yeah. can people get a hold of us, my dear? You can get a hold of us at our takingwithyou.com's website. Um, you can email us at rick at takingwithyou.com or amy at takingwithyou.com. Yeah. Or you can get a hold of us at our Facebook um, pages, and that's facebook.com forward slash rick.moyer or facebook.com forward slash amy.moyer. And we are looking for what are you thankful for this year? This week we're going to take calls at our voice line, or you can send in um, an MP3 or a WAV file or just record on your iPhone and send it and email it to us. Mm-hmm. We'd love to hear what what you're thankful for this year. Our phone number, if you want to leave a voicemail, is 206-414-8499. That's 206-414-8499. And 
nine. And you can, of course, always call or send us an email uh, with your uh, audio comment. And you can do that really easy on your iPhone now. So, mm-hmm. so folks, and your Android too, I'm and you sure. you know what? You have a Dropbox too. They could send it to your Dropbox. No, 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 no. Oh, no, no, you no, can't no. do that? That's you just use that for work? That's just work, honey. Okay. So... Not, Sorry. Don't do the Dropbox no. then. No. <laughs> Just that there's the audio. Well, if they want to share, that. if you want to put a, a, a comment in your Dropbox and send me a link, I'll get it for you. Okay. I'm but we not would love sure to hear. We'd love to hear from our listeners. Uh, being that it's coming up on the 200th episode, we're going to attempt to do a live 200th episode mm-hmm. um, a couple weeks from now. We'll announce a little bit more about it, obviously, on Facebook and next week on the podcast. But uh, it should be a lot of fun, and we're going to invite all of our friends to come join us on Skype and Ustream, and we should have a really good party. It should be fun. Okay? Good. I'm I'm glad you're in charge of all the technical part. I'll make it work. I'll I'll have my headphones and microphone, and I'll I'll, be there. I'll make it work, lass. (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, this has been a Moria Multimedia LLC production, copyright 2012, all rights reserved. Arg, now let's go into the galley and rustle us up some, some, what do you call it? Grub. Grub. Do they call grub on a pirate ship? What do they call it? I don't know. Vittles? Vittles. No, that doesn't sound right. That doesn't sound right. Oh. Food. All right, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. We'll see you on the Thanksgiving special next week. My name is Al. And I'm Joyce. And we're We're huge huge Disneyland Disneyland fans. In fact, we love the Disneyland Resort so much, we host a podcast dedicated to the happiest place on earth to share that passion with others. That's right. On our show, Tales from the Mouse House Disneyland Podcast, we share current resort news, some tips and tricks we've learned over the years to help make your Disneyland Resort vacation the most magical experience ever. We uncover little-known and often-overlooked gems we like to call hidden treasures and even review the attractions and places to eat that make the Disneyland Resort so much fun. And if that wasn't enough, we even share some video episodes to help keep you in that Disney magic state of mind. If you're a longtime fan of the Disneyland Resort or you've just recently discovered the magic, this podcast is for you. So after our great friends Rick and Amy have enlightened you on their awesome podcast, Take Him With You, why not give us a listen? You'll be happy you did. You can find Tales from the Mouse House Disneyland podcast at www.talescast.com and in iTunes. And remember, make make it it a a Mickey Mickey day. day. Hi, this is Chris. And this is Rick. And we're the hosts of the Ragtag Fugitive Podcast. We're celebrating the original Battlestar Galactica series, and we're doing that by uh, watching an episode in total and commenting on it as it runs. And you know what's really fun about it is we're attempting to bring guest hosts in with us so that we can talk kind of like that mystery science theater kind of thing. And we sometimes we make a little fun of the episode, and sometimes we talk about how cool it is, so you just never know what you're going to get when you listen. Yes. So come and join us. We're on iTunes. You can find us by searching for Ragtag Fugitive Podcast, and we're on the Stitcher Radio Network. 
You also can visit our cool website and make comments and have fun looking around in the officer's lounge and all that jazz by going to ragtagfugitivepodcast.com. You have our word as a warrior. Word as a warrior? Plank down your cubits and come on over and let's play a game of Pyramid, the Ragtag Fugitive Podcast. By your command.